welcome to Figure Out Your Life Podcast, the podcast where we try to find the answers to life's everyday questions. I'm your host, Toya T, a.k.a. Toya T, Ph.D., a.k.a. your sister from another mister, a.k.a. the mistress of storytelling, a.k.a. the best friend you needed but didn't know you wanted, a.k.a. I ain't saying she's a gold digger, but she ain't messing with no broke, broke. Oh my gosh, let me stop being silly. Welcome back, everybody. It's another week, another day, another hour. Surviving and thriving in the pandemic. I want to start this out by shouting out three of my most recent five-star reviews. I think I might try doing this every week because I keep asking you guys to comment and I need to go in there and and look at them. So shout-outs to Chillin' With Juice, who says, new listener and I'm hooked. Started with the AKAs. She's so much fun and has so much energy. She has a way of explaining things and making you laugh at the same time. Listen to this wonderful podcast. Thank you very much. Chilling with Juice with a J. The next one is from Kelly from the If You Don't podcast, which I just listened to today. Definitely check them out. She says, Toy T is not only hilarious, but so inspirational and relatable. She speaks the truth and teaches you how to be your own cheerleader great podcast and lastly from really 82 and a whole bunch of exclamation points and an angry emoji says i'm an avid listener of podcasts while i'm on the clock i absolutely have placed this podcast in my top three toya is so real and relatable Thank you, thank you, thank you. You just put a smile on my face. Can you tell that I'm smiling while I'm talking to you right now? (laughs) Absolutely wonderful. Um, If you want to get shouted out, go ahead and rate and review the podcast on whatever platform you're listening to this. And I will read out to your five-star reviews on air. Let's keep going. Dates on me. I officially go back to work on Monday. Yes, it's been... A long time, although it's just orientation, new hire orientation, actually. I'm a bit anxious. I haven't worked in a year and I've gotten used to this flexible schedule of mine doing pretty much whatever I feel I need to get done. And if I don't want to do it, just not do it. The freedom to travel, but that got taken away by Arona. Don't have that anymore to enjoy during my period of career exploration (laughs) that I'm going to miss all that. But I'm also very excited about returning to my passion, which is teaching. I love teaching. I really missed it. And at times I think I've tried to use this podcast as a substitute. There are whole lectures that I've cut out from episodes that y'all will never hear where I just went off like it was a lecture, like y'all were paying me to teach you about a certain subject. And I realized this is not a classroom. These aren't students. These are your friends, your your internet friends, your real friends that are just looking for some information and some fun and not for you to give them a lecture on a particular topic. So it shows that I just miss interacting with students. I love watching as ideas formulate. I love watching the aha moments when they finally get it. And then they go and use the information that you've taught them to teach other people, to inform other people, to make informed decisions. It's just, it's so great. It fills me up and never really feels like working except for when I have to do the work outside the classroom, like the grading of exams and papers. That's the stuff that I don't like. (laughs) Anyway, being in the classroom and teaching, 
I love it. I absolutely love it. It's where I feel the most alive. I love learning and I love teaching and I love being able to engage in the learning process, constantly engaging in the learning process. It keeps me running. Although the pandemic has changed the way I'll be meeting my new students, I look forward to this new journey in my professional life. Now, let's get into this week's episode, figuring out gold digging and why we all need to be gold diggers. All right. This episode is inspired by all the fake sugar daddy requests that I get on Instagram and these student loan bills, particularly the ones that are going to come off forbearance at the end of September and I have to start paying again. Not looking forward to that. And I also have to update my income, which has increased significantly enough for them to increase my payment. Why y'all playing with my feelings and my finances? I am a single woman that's looking for love and companionship. And I got six figures of student loan debt that I'm trying to pay off. Don't tell me that you want to spoil me and give me $1,300 a week if you don't mean it. Shit just makes me mad because I know there are folks getting paid for doing less than what I went to school for. Are you getting me? I went to school forever, have six figures of student loan debt so that I could make six figures. And there are people out there making six figures by laying on their back and looking pretty. And they don't have student loan debt. (sighs) But honestly, it's not like I would accept a sugar daddy offer if it was real. The thought of being with an older affluent man or being the young, attractive woman on his arm, going to nice restaurants, fawning over him when he's talking about, I don't know what, and I don't care. And then him picking up the tab and shopping at brand stores and staying in swanky hotels. All of that sounds good, but I just can't imagine myself doing that. Real talk, I'm okay with a man paying for dinner or buying me a gift. If we are friends, maybe not so much now, but when I was in my poor grad student days, college days, poor, I just got my PhD and I got six figures of student loan debt and I'm working at this adjunct job and don't have any job security. That me would be like, oh, so you paying for lunch, you paying for dinner, you paying for breakfast. I had no problem doing that to my male friends or people that I was dating. I have no problem. You want to buy me a gift? Awesome. Thank you very much. I appreciate you, babe. But unless he is my father, I am very uncomfortable with the idea of a man paying my bills. Uh, I just, I can't, I just, I can't get my mind, wrap my mind around it. You can buy me a really nice purse, but I, I, I just don't feel comfortable you paying my bills unless you my daddy. Okay. That is the only person that I've been like, oh, can I, I need help paying this bill. My daddy paying for my Netflix right now. It's not that much. But he paying for it, and I ain't got no problem with it. But outside of that, I don't know how comfortable I am with you paying my bills or anything more than something that I could possibly pay for myself, which is weird because I love paying bills. Yet I have not seriously considered dating someone just for their money. And I wonder why. Why didn't I become a gold digger? Is there really something wrong with being a, a gold digger? Let's think about the term gold digger. So gold digger refers to a woman or a man who pursues a romantic relationship primarily for its material benefits, entering into a quid pro quo, more or less equal exchange of relationship for money or gifts. And it's quite prevalent in our everyday culture. In the media, people love making songs about 
gold diggers, gossiping about gold diggers, hating on gold diggers. We love reading their tell-all books. We are absolutely obsessed with gold diggers, especially when it's a woman. Uh, They believe that the man is unsuspecting and the woman is predatory and she's preying on him and his wallet and she doesn't care anything about him. Yet there are men who are okay with being that sole breadwinner. If you think about patriarchy and what it's based off of, women weren't supposed to work because the man was supposed to be the main breadwinner. If you weren't able to take care of your household without your wife working, you weren't a successful man. I heard the stories about my grandmother who I didn't even know that she ever worked ever in her life. Turned out my maternal grandmother turned out that she was a teacher and she got married to my grandfather and she was still working. And within the first year of marriage, he told her to stop working. And even though they had 10 kids together, like almost about two years apart, almost all of them, that you were having kids for 20 years. And still was like, no, I'm going to work extra hard. I'm going to work till I fall out and then have these kids work and help me contribute to this house so I can continue to live this lifestyle where my wife is not working. It goes all the way back there. We know about what it is and that there are men out there that look forward to being the sole breadwinner. Um, There are men who brag about buying their girlfriends and their wives and their jump offs and their and their side chicks luxury gifts. We see it all over the gram, all over Instagram, social media. People love to flaunt. Ooh, look what I got her. I just started dating her 18 months ago and I bought her a Lamborghini truck. That's right. Uh huh. And there's actual sugar daddies, too. There's actual sugar daddies that have signed up to be sugar daddies on a sugar baby's website and do this so it's interesting that we seem to not like the idea of being a gold digger it's the same thing marriage and gold digging or tricking or sugar baby relationships sugar daddy sugar baby relationships are they really that different from each other according to an article that i found where they interviewed three gold diggers and they asked them why did they become a gold digger one of them said that she did it for financial stability because she knew she couldn't have her desired lifestyle working as an actress. That's rational thinking. I would like to live like this, but I know that my passion career does not pay in that way. And so in order for me to live that lifestyle, I either need to not work the job that I'm passionate about or two, work my passion job and something else. So have to hustle or three, I can marry someone who would allow me to live that desired lifestyle. And when they asked them what they learned about the experience, another one of the self-proclaimed gold diggers said, I wasn't madly in love with my husband at first, but I found him to be kind and attractive. I learned that the security he offered me made it possible for me to grow to love him, which is not very far off from arranged marriages where there's an idea that the man is supposed to be able to prove that he can financially take care of a household and so he pays a bride price to a matchmaker or whatever to match him up with a suitable wife who is expected to not work and to to take care of the household and that love does not have to be involved so much so that you don't meet until you are about to get married and that The assumption is that love, if you're taking care of each other and doing your quote unquote roles well, that you will eventually find something to love about each other to 
solidify this relationship. I don't think it's that far off from this idea of gold digging or sugar daddy and sugar baby relationship. When asked what is it like to be a gold digger or sugar baby, one of them said that sugar babies have to be appealing to wealthy men. And let's not act like there aren't men that also do this. So you have to be appealing to a wealthy woman too. She said that we not only need to look nice and dress well, but we also need to be interesting. You can look forward to fancy gifts and maybe even allowance. Usually a sugar daddy or sugar mama is too busy to spend lots of time with you, but he or she wants a companion for their free time. It's keeping you on retainer for when they're around. Sounds like a good arrangement to me. Right now in this uh, COVID world, I could do it. I could very much do it. You want to send me money and all I have to do is show up on a Zoom or maybe wave to you from my house. I could do that. And you can give me $1,300 a month. It doesn't sound like a bad arrangement. If you look at it in terms of what it is, a financial arrangement, it's actually the arrangement of many people's celebrity relationship goals, like a LeBron James and Savannah James. Does, Does Savannah work? I don't think so. But no one's sitting there calling her a gold digger because she was with him before he got into the NBA. He married her after he got into the NBA and already had two children with her. Yet no one's calling her a gold digger, even though he is the main breadwinner and she does not contribute to the house's financials. If she does, someone correct me. But from what I know, she definitely isn't bringing hundreds of millions of dollars like LeBron. It's the same thing for a lot of these couples, especially if they're celebrities or athletes, you will have a relationship where that person is gone most of the time and you are available when they're available. You're staying in one location where your home base is and that person is paying for the bills and giving you gifts and you are responding when they show up and the the intentions are that you're going to be there during the off time when they are free. So I see it as the same thing. And also let's not act like men can't be gold diggers too. We may not call them gold diggers, but we have names for when men do it, such as boy toy, cub or playboy. If the woman is older, uh, a gigolo getting on hoes, hobosexuals where the person is homeless, hence the hobo part, H-O-B-O, hobo sexual. So they'll have sex with anybody that will provide them with a roof and food. And they'll couch surf. So if you break up with them, they'll just go find somebody else to go live in their house and do the same mediocre things to keep a roof over their head. (laughs) And also we have Tyrone's friend that Erica was dating and was tired of his shit. That bum. Remember him? The one that we always thought was Tyrone. But when you really think about it, it's not Tyrone. She told her bum ass boyfriend to call his friend Tyrone and tell him to come on and get your shit. Mm hmm. Many apologies to Tyrone because he's not the problem. He got his shit together. It's the boyfriend, the bum, that don't have it. Also, we have Lawrence before he started working at Best Buy when he was just a bum eating all the food, forgetting our birthdays and not even shaving or trying to put it down. Then you have Prison Bay as the one that became hashtag Prison Bay. Jeremy, whatever his name is, that had a wife, but he had that really sexy mugshot. He left his wife when everybody thought he was sexy. And then he hooked up with an heiress, got her pregnant, secured his bag, and then moved on to another woman. And let's not forget Karen's African or Dominican or Jamaican 90-day fiance. 
Because when it's the woman that is applying for the K-1 visa, the man is usually coming from someplace in Africa. I don't want to say Nigeria because there are other places that they've shown to. So they're coming from the African continent. They're coming from the Dominican Republic or they're coming from Jamaica. Those are where the Karens go. They don't really care about race relations or anything like that. They're probably uh, borderline racist, but they still go down there. They get seduced by these beautiful brown skin men that give them a little bit of time and a lot of dick. And they fall in love and they want to uh, move them up to the U.S. And then you find out that they live in the whitest of whitest of white, 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 white towns where their new 90 day fiance will be the only black person or person of color in the area. But that is also a gold digger because most of them, when it doesn't work out, you find out they married somebody else because you know what the gold was? American citizenship. So. Let's not act like we don't got names for it. Y'all know what I'm talking about because gold digging is a common human behavior. It's a tale as old as time, song as old as rhyme. It is in the fairy tales that we read our children. Think about it. Cinderella was a gold digger. That's, that's the whole part of her name. Her name was really L, And because she was in the cinders, they called her Cinderella because she was poor her stepmother snatched up all the money that her daddy left her or if you read the original the daddy's alive he's just whooped and she marries the prince he's way richer than her she barely knew him she met him for what three hours danced with him until midnight ran away from him and then (laughs) married him out of nowhere she don't know him she a gold digger Belle's a gold digger talking about beauty and the beast she saw the beast she was scared then she saw he had this huge library and this huge house and all these beautiful flowers and she saw the gold in that and she said "Mm -hmm. i love you if you're a beast or not a beast gold digger ariel was a gold digger too although she was a princess her fish money don't mean nothing on land let's remember she got legs now so she's human poor and she went after a prince she didn't go after some random fisherman she fell in love with the prince and that's after they were like oh prince eric blah 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 look at your statue prince eric and she said ka-ching ariel's a gold digger tiana princess tiana from princess and the frog She wasn't a gold digger out of all these folks because she opened a business with her own money and then she made the prince work for her. Y'all remember that detail? So she's not a gold digger. She's a black girl magic there. Mm -hmm. And last but not least, let's not forget about Aladdin because I told you men and women both engage in gold digging. Aladdin was a gold digger. You remember he was a street rat stealing food and bread from local vendors and he could possibly get his hand chopped off and then he went and helped that dude because he promised him riches to go find the lamp and he went in there because he was trying to get treasures then he met jasmine and found out she was a princess and he was like oh how can i marry myself a princess when i am not a prince i ain't got no money let me rub on this lamp and then i'm gonna ask the genie to make me look like a prince but not actually give you a kingdom because how did he get the kingdom he married jasmine she had the gold and she had the power and he married her and he had nothing he brought nothing to that relationship and let's not forget homeboy whose name i don't remember i don't know because i'm not a big fan of frozen but the one that tried to marry elsa after he met her for two seconds and was like let's get married and turned out to be the bad guy sorry spoiler alert he was a gold digger and that other dude that she actually did fall in love with was he sven he a gold digger too <laughs> And if Spen is the moose, the moose is a gold digger too. 
<laughs> so we see it everywhere. We're getting these messages. And what are the downsides? Let's see. You have to be around people you may not be attracted to or like. It sounds like regular life. Do you might have people judging you. They're going to hate. They're going to call you a gold digger, a hoe, a whore. You selling yourself. You're a prostitute. You dead. Who cares? Your bills are paid. Three, you are easily replaced by someone else that is younger and hotter or who has the new trendable beauty feature. Remember when light-skinned dudes were in and then all of a sudden dark-skinned dudes came in and then light-skinned dudes came back? So let me give you the examples. Remember when everybody was in love with Shamar Moore and Gary Dordon and they were like, mm, they so sexy, they so sexy. And then the dark-skinned men came into favor and everyone's, ooh, Morris Chestnut, ooh, Denzel Washington, ooh, chocolate. And then the light skin came back into style. Drake got all buffed up and got a beard and everyone was like "Ooh, zaddy yes like that you are easily replaced because it is a flavor of the month thing and everyone wants to get the flavor of the month and when the month is over they move on to the next flavor so that's a downside that you can be easily replaced by anybody by whatever's hot Four, you depend on someone else to live beyond your means so you can't drive that rolls royce unless big papa shout out to kim zolziak <laughs> <laughs> if Big Papa doesn't buy for you, you can't drive around the in the, the Rolls Royce. You can't have Versace plates without Big Papa who pays for everything. Uh, so that can be a bummer because when Big Papa replaces you with the newest model, you can keep some of that stuff. He'll be like, yeah, just keep it. But in the case of the Rolls Royce, he's probably going to snatch it back because the Rolls Royce is not in your name. It's in his name and he's going to give it to the next girl or trade it in to get her the new Lamborghini truck. If you were smart, you would have gotten your bills paid because that's one of the benefits of being a gold digger. Your bills are paid. For me, that would make up the first 100 reasons. One through 100, my bills are paid, my bills are paid, my bills are paid, my bills are paid, my bills are paid. And I have no debt, so I would really be happy, okay? Also, you get to live beyond your means. Although it depends on somebody else, you still get to have caviar tastes with ramen budget. Except the budget is actually caviar. It's Big Papa's caviar budget. But you get to still eat it. Yeah. And if you're smart, if you're Shawnee O'Neal, you'll start hiding away some of the money. Take a little bit off the top of the shopping allowance, the food allowance, the house allowance, the body maintenance allowance. Just shave a little bit off the top on everything. Take 10%, 20% be good and nestle it away take that money and chase your dreams like you're a rich white man with a trust fund and a rich daddy in other words chase your every dream and desire with daddy's money because you're not paying for it start a business making doggy beds because you love making them travel around the world and become a travel blogger no you can't do that right now get that degree that you always want to get stack up all the degrees start a cooking show sell 750 dollars white shirts make baby fashions do whatever you want to do because it's not your money. You don't have to worry about the financial consequences. Go out and chase your dreams. Live the life you've always wanted to live on somebody else's dime. And that's why I'm telling you guys that I think everyone should be a gold digger. At least a little bit. In a world where the more you have, the more security you can provide for your family and yourself, being a gold digger should be a celebrated attribute, not a dig on someone's character. The term should be seen for what it is, an ambitious trait that highly values financial stability. So you're like Toya T, you gave us this whole argument, the dissertation on why we should become a gold digger, the ups and the downs. So how do we become a gold digger? Here's five simple ways to be a gold digger. Number one, change your mindset. 
I'll use myself as an example. For me, that would mean to forget what my mother told me about being a financially independent woman that doesn't depend on a man. I'll have to ignore her latest advice to me where she says, freeness is worriness. And I said, mommy, what does that mean? She says, when you get something for free, you should worry why they're giving it to you for free or if you have to pay it back. And I said, okay. But in this case, you have to be okay with being dependent and being taken care of. Forget all that independent. Oh, my way, man, independent. Forget all about that. Forget all about that. Forget it. Take it out your brain. You got to change your environment, okay? So for me, that would mean actually going to uh, my alumni event, seeing that I graduated from an Ivy League institution. I have access to a, a network of successful people with lots of connections and resources. And the first step for me would be to show up at every single alumni event in my area or in areas that I'd like to live and be very friendly with everybody, man or woman. Work on that networking muscle, just greasing palms and sitting on laps. You got to be where they are. And since you can't be where they are right now, you got to cyber stock, ego stroke, and jump in them DMs. Number three, you have to have the right energy. So for me, that is getting into tricking mode. And what does that mean? Putting on some music by Megan Thee Stallion, Lil' Kim. Nicki Minaj, Foxy Brown, Cardi B, Trina, and just take notes. Just take notes. Take all the notes about tricking. Megan said, you think I'm into you? I'm into your daddy. If you look it for me, I'm probably at the mall with your daddy. <laughs> Getting that money. You got to get into that kind of energy. You got to get into that. Mm, just imagine yourself like that right now. Number four, commit to the game. For me, it would be investing in lace fronts, waist trainers, fashion over clothing, cultivating a network of gold digger friends because you know you have to have someone who gets you into the door and then you may end up digging in the same holes, but gold's still left in them. So why not? I need to get some friends like Evelyn Lozada, Drea Michelle, or Black China. Take notes from the OG strippers. Watch that show P Valley that's on stars. Character to follow, Mercedes. OG stripper, she know how to create the fantasy, sell the fantasy, and she know that when they try to let me put you up somewhere, that you don't take that because you're going to cost more in real life. The fantasy is cheap. Reality is expensive. So take notes from the OG strippers. Also, last but not least, come off as unattainable because when you make it too easy, you become a pass around or jump off. If you make them earn it, you will reap the great rewards. Remember, people value what they work for. So now that you have the tips on how to be a gold digger and... You're starting to feel bad about exploiting someone with money. Know this. The net worth of America's 600 plus billionaires has increased more than $400 billion during the pandemic, while more than 38 million Americans file for unemployment. So I hope that helps you sleep well at night. Get those bills paid and dig your way to financial stability. (laughs) I hope y'all recognize that I am absolutely playing here, but I'm also serious. There's a lot of helpful hints in here. I'm not telling you to go uh, rich man or woman hunting, but there really is no downside to being a gold digger. And the only real downside to it is uh, public opinion. And you don't got to put your business out there. <laughs> uh, although if you date a 90-year-old man and you're 25 years old, we are still going to be judging you, um, especially if that 90-year-old man is a billionaire. But outside of that, pfft, do you get them bills paid? Just don't defraud nobody. Don't steal nobody's identity and don't be forging nobody's wills. 
All right. So moving on to the last part. This is figure this out. <laughs> Still keep it, it light and bright and funny. Here's my question. If you can figure this out for me. Why am I not excited about Black is King by Beyonce? I'm Beehive. Don't kill me. I am not that pressed. I'm really not. I've seen clips of it and it's just like Lemonade and it's just a long music video of different songs. It's a visual album. That's what it is. It's a visual album. And most people have screenshotted, screen recorded what they've watched and posted it on Instagram. And so I've seen a good portion of it and it's really pretty, but I'm not pressed. I'm not pressed. I'm still a Beehive member, but I'm not pressed. It's just another Beyonce visual album. And it should have came out last year. Go ahead, buzz me up. But make sure when you buzz me up that you download the podcast so I can get some streaming numbers. But yeah, yeah, I'm just not pressed. I can wait. Not that big of a deal to me. I love the, the the videos and pictures I've seen of Blue Ivory. She's grown into such a beautiful young lady. And I love being able to see at least two images of the twins we have never seen who've been alive for three years. Yeah, love all that, but they can keep it. I'm actually more excited about the Umbrella Academy's second season on Netflix. I'm more excited about that than I am about Beyonce's Black is King. But y'all can let me know how it turns out because, yeah, I'm probably never going to see it because... The way that things work in my household and my mama's distaste for talking to Verizon, we probably never going to get that Disney Plus for free. (laughs) And with that, I'm done. I told you this was a silly episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. If you really like the podcast, please share it with uh, three other people because three is my favorite number and I would love it. And it's the end of my birthday month and it'd be a great continued birthday present that lasts for 365 days. So please go ahead and do that. Please subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening to it. And if you have not done so yet, please rate and review the podcast. Remember that if you give me a five-star review, I will read it eventually on the podcast. You'll get a special shout out. Uh, And I think that's it. I hope you guys have a wonderful, amazing morning, afternoon, evening, whatever time it is, wherever you are. I hope you stay blessed. I hope you continue to wash your hands. I hope you wear your mask and I hope that you find yourself a great big wealthy sugar daddy or sugar mama okay and I'll talk to you guys later bye <laughs>